free shavakadoo. Is this a reference that I don't know? You don't know that vine? God damn it, Daniel. Hey. Hello. I'm Sarah. And I'm Nathaniel. And this is... To Be Completely Transparent. Welcome back, everyone. Um, thanks for joining us and listening today. Today, we're very excited about this episode and this topic because we will be discussing boundaries. So definitely a, a very broad topic that we could probably talk about for hours. But we got the, the recommendation from a wonderful listener, which we'll go into a little bit later. But we're really excited to talk about this today. But of course, we will go ahead and get started with hot takes. So Sarah, I feel like you are really, really wanting to to go first. And <laughs> I just I feel that this is going to be something good, um, arguably better than the uh, don't buy me flowers or if you buy them, do 18 steps before you give them to me. So I'm going to let you go first. Why you always got to bring that up? Just like let me have my thing. I let you have it. I just mm. wanted to explain what it was well, that's all this is a little different my hot take for this episode is that i believe all men should get vasectomies that's my hot take say less <laughs> i just i just have been thinking a lot recently about how much pain and struggle and like health issues that women have to go through when they're on birth control or you know people who take oral contraceptives or people who have, you know, the intrauterine devices or the implants or like the depot shots, like literally all of these forms of birth control, none of them are perfect. I mean, they work and I'm grateful for them, but they wreak havoc on your body and we don't talk about that enough. And it's just kind of like another thing where it's put on the people who are taking this birth control that, you know, they then are responsible for all of the things that may occur if they don't do it properly or if the, their preferred method fails or, you know, like it's just another misogynistic part of our patriarchal society that I'm just like fucking over and vasectomies are safe and they're reversible and, you know, it's not something that you have to take in like time every day. It's not an insertion of something unnatural into your body. It is a simple procedure that can be reversed and it would solve so many problems and i just fully believe we should do it okay two things tell me that you studied public health without telling me that you studied <laughs> public health and with a focus on sexual reproductive rights yeah yep mm -hmm. yeah that that part definitely was not not part of your studies i don't think should i tell the people what my thesis was yeah, you might as well at this point. <laughs> I literally did my my graduate like culminating exam, which is essentially like a thesis on um, condom use and sex positive condom use in college age couples. So we love birth control. I have that in my in my email. I actively have Do that you? in my email right now. Oh, that's so funny. Maybe I'll read it tonight. You, you should. It's always good to get a refresher. The the second, I don't know if you may not know the answer to this, but how many uh, how many men do get vasectomies and what tends to be the reason for it when they choose to do so? That's a good question. I don't know stats off the top of my head, like how many people choose that path. I would say like anecdotally, 
it's usually when you're in a committed long-term monogamous heterosexual relationship and you know your wife or partner who has a vagina doesn't want to take birth control but you all don't want to have kids like I feel like that's the the setting in which I hear of it most commonly but I don't have stats on what like if that's actually the most frequent you know situation in which people will do it but yeah it's it's not talked about enough and it's not like the the health impact and like the reality of the procedure and the benefits of it are not shared broadly for obvious reasons because we have men and people with penises in control of media and marketing and all of this bullshit so yep okay we love to hear it men should get the vasectomies hot take of the week get it all right what's your what's your hot take so arguably hot take i'm not sure i think that making young children start saying and reciting the pledge of allegiance in kindergarten is weird as hell it's kind of fucked honestly like and obviously five-year-old me and all the other five-year-olds i was around were just like oh cool yeah you stand up and you you physically put your hand on your heart yeah and look at this american flag (laughs) every day and and recite words in unison and that's incredibly normal (laughs) I didn't think that it was weird until I was in my 20s. Yeah. Oh, same. I mean, same. For sure. Like, everyone did it. You just did it. No questions asked. Like, w- <laughs> like what, are we, what are we pledging for? Like, to... What do we even contribute at six? Like... I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you can't I, like, contribute wanna... to this society, what are you even doing? Sorry you're in kindergarten. Like, it's kind of like Hitler Youth to me. I mean... Isn't that the shit that they did? Essentially? Yeah. No, it's like, it's just this nationalism, this like pride in your country, like to a fault. Like there's a difference between being proud of where you're from and loving where you're from and being grateful for where you're from and like obsessing and dedicating every ounce of your being and not ever questioning and not ever like you know speaking out against things that you see that are wrong which is what this country was founded on the wildest part to me is during grade school we did learn about the word nationalism and examples of what that looks like in other places oh yeah with a negative connotation oh yeah and we're like, wow, that's so bizarre. They really made them do that, huh? Yeah, and then and then you, and then it's like, but everyone here is like, but couldn't be me. Like, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Including me, I yeah. Just, like, they have successfully done this. Oh yeah, to us all. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's weird as fuck for sure. It makes me feel. But yeah, that's weird. that's that's the hot take. Um, curious to hear folks' thoughts on that, but. I do not. By the way, I don't recite the Pledge of Allegiance anymore. I haven't. I just haven't done it, you know, in the last few weeks. I might get back to it soon, though. <laughs> I was going to say, when do you have an opportunity to do that? That is more concerning. Maybe the next time I'm I'm walking the dog, I'll find a house that has a flag, an American flag, and I'll stop on the sidewalk and just recite it out loud. I would love to see your neighbor's reaction if you did that. I will, yeah, I'll even go to a house where the neighbor is on the porch because it's summer, everyone's out. Like, Good luck with that. Thank you. Thank you for always supporting me, and I'll, I'll follow up, and we'll talk about it in a future episode. Love it. Can't wait. 
Okay, so shall we get started? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so boundaries. So we're, we're going to, there's 8 million different directions we could take this. So we're going we're gonna to talk about a few of them, and I'm sure we will bounce around a little bit. But, you know, the, the reason why we wanted to have this was because Michaela had brought it up to us. So a shout out to Michaela. And I'll I'll read a little bit. I guess I'll start by reading a little bit what she yeah. had texted us because she hit on several topics that I feel like we can address and address well. So here were her general thoughts. So she's saying that she feels a lot of people struggle setting boundaries and that there's a stigma around setting boundaries. Um, And then she asks, what makes people uncomfortable or afraid to advocate for themselves or state what their boundaries are? Because generally a boundary is there to protect yourself and be honest with yourself. So, you know, what what makes the fear, what creates the fear around setting boundaries in, in our society? Also, she talks about learning how to listen actively and seek understanding in others. So do people actually practice that active listening? Because if someone is stating a boundary, that should be active listening. So is there a, a breakdown between what people are being taught or saying they know how to do and what they're actually doing? That's the gist of her message. So there's a lot of a lot of points in there. She brings up Naomi Osaka, like and the media and and boundaries of people we don't know. Whether I mean not even just friends, but celebrities, athletes, people working in customer services, people throughout the day. So that's I know that's a a lot and we can can go in a lot of directions with that. So I guess I'll start by asking you how you defined a personal boundary because there's a lot of different types of boundaries as well yeah no I mean I mean first of all thanks to Michaela for for the suggestion because it is so important and I'm excited to talk about it more I think what's wild to me is this this stigma that's around it because it there is like it is hard to set boundaries and it's like a widely accepted reality that it's hard to set them but like inherently they are really just like basic guidelines like it's basic decency and you know it's associated with your personal preferences and your autonomy as a human and so you know, inherently the concept shouldn't be that hard, right? But it, but it is. And it's like, you know, there's obviously so many factors as to why. And there's so many like social influences and interpersonal influences and like family relationship dynamics, like that sort of thing. Like it makes sense to me why it, it in practice is a complex topic, but like truly like the core of what a boundary is like shouldn't be that hard. So it's just, I mean, I'm glad we're talking about it. I'm glad we can like start the conversation even within like, you know, our small circle because it's important to do that and it's and it's hard, but it's like, you know, as if you do it more and more and more and you practice, it does get easier and it does get more like integrated into your daily life. And I I have felt that personally, like we can talk more like in depth about examples, but like I feel like in the past like maybe year or two, I have recognized when I've been able to set a boundary for like work and professional things, for like relationships, stuff like that. And it's it's really empowering when you do that and you stick to it. It's really, really empowering. So like just hype about this topic. Like it's there's it's so important. Absolutely. Definitely agree with that. With the topic of them feeling boundaries, feeling uncomfortable. 
we can start yeah. there because that is a major question. Right. And I have I have experienced this in in my own life. Like even when I'm watching someone else or seeing someone else set a boundary mm-hmm. and your gut instinct might be like, oh, was that harsh? Or like, yeah. is that mean? Is that aggressive? And most of the time, it's really not. Someone is saying, no, I don't want that. I don't want to do that. I don't like that. And that's a very simple line. Like, no, like, I I would not (laughs) want to do that. You don't have to. I mean, you don't really have to sugarcoat it and apologize and, like, cry about not wanting to do something. So where that stems from, one of the biggest things that I can think of is probably in early childhood. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we can trace a lot of things back to how we grew up and how we were raised and, you know, the situations and that we were put in as young children, like that impacts everything. Like all of our decision making, all of our communication styles and like yeah, everything, for sure. It's a unique spot to be in because I think young children having to depend on parental figures or adults for guardianship for for guidance are told what to do Mm -hmm. a lot and there is a fine line between encouraging a child to to know how to make decisions for themselves and then also of course protecting a child because your small child isn't going to know everything but figuring out that line is really really difficult so when your first 10 15 16 17 18 years of life consisted of an adult telling you no don't mm-hmm. do that don't do that don't do that stop crying we're not supposed to do this we're not supposed to do this over and over and over again that is your earliest knowledge of how to deal with situations and it takes like it takes your own power out of the equation right like if you are always being told by you know a guardian figure a parent like this is what you do and don't do then you know it's really hard to be like once you get past that point to be like I oh I can make these choices for myself huh never had to I've never had to do that before and like you don't have any practice right and then so you you stumble you make mistakes or you don't know how to set those in a healthy fashion and you know it doesn't work out like you don't have an opportunity to like hone that skill set if you're being constantly directed and you know not given a say in your choices from like infancy essentially you know and basically to to add to that now it feels uncomfortable mm-hmm. to push back because you, I mean, you wouldn't do that to a parent when right. you're a child because you would probably get reprimanded right. for that. So I think that is part of, that's probably a huge reason why it does feel so cringy and mm-hmm. awkward to just tell someone, absolutely not, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Like, you don't, no one has to, no one's expecting you to be wildly rude about everything that you say. But even a simple, I'm just going to stand up for myself. I don't really feel like doing that right now. Not in a great mood. I'm not even going to make an excuse. I'm just telling you how Mm -hmm. it is right now. No. Or whatever that is, if it's just about friendship or being busy, like, it shouldn't feel that intense. But it does because you're like, well, is the other person going to be disappointed? And I think that that's mm-hmm. another thing. Expecting disappointment 
or retaliation is probably too strong of a word, but like not wanting to let someone down or in other words, people pleasing. Right. Yeah. I think this idea goes hand in hand with what you were what you were kind of starting to say. Like, you know, we if we grow up not practicing setting our own boundaries and we also grow up seeing that the people who are setting the boundaries are determining the consequences and the actions and whatever comes after that boundary is set and either followed or not followed, right? Like someone else is dictating that. So then I think people also start to model that in their relationships and their friendships. So if somebody does try to set a boundary, their reaction is no, 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 no. You don't, you don't get to do that. Like you don't get to decide and they're mod. So it's, it's like a weird combination of not practicing doing it for yourself, but also like when someone else tries to do it to you, that feels like the dissonance again, right? Like you feel like you're modeling what your parents did where they made all the rules and now somebody else is making all the rules and it's a weird thing to, to get in the right headspace about, you know, like it's, it's definitely challenging to transition out of, out of that into adult decisions and adult boundary setting. And I think that maybe I'm just on a weird side of TikTok, but I see TikToks all the time of parents doing really intentional exercises with their children to give them autonomy and to give them an opportunity to communicate and calm themselves down and set their own boundaries and like the parents are modeling following those you know like I have seen people trying to do that and obviously being a parent is so challenging I can't even pretend to fully understand and it's it's definitely not easy to do that all the time. But I do feel like there there's starting to be a movement towards setting their kids up for success with these skills. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I've seen some of those videos of people like apologizing to their child um, and, and things like that. And I think that's that's very good. So. In your own life, or in actually just in general, I don't think that people realize that one, their boundaries are being crossed, or how to set one, or what that actually looks like in practice. And even learning about these types of things as a psych major, or consuming the type of media and articles and the types of things that I'm interested in, even I'm like, Oh, that was allowing someone to cross a boundary. Right. You don't even realize. So why does that happen yeah. and how can we be better at that? Yeah, I so I think for me, a lot of it comes back to folks not really knowing where they need to set a boundary or what that boundary should be. Because I don't think that generally in the general public, there's a lot of deep self-reflection. And I don't think that there's a lot of introspection to the level that would culminate in knowing exactly where you need to set a boundary and you know, with whom and in what situation and what the consequences should be, right? Like, I, I don't think that there's a, a really deep understanding of how important that is and how hard, I mean, that's hard too, right? But like how much time and effort it takes to like know those things about yourself. And you kind of have to know those things before you can articulate to somebody else your wants and your needs, right? Like you have to know what 
line can't be crossed before you tell someone don't cross this line. And I think that that's what really inhibits a lot of people from being proactive and preventative in their boundary setting as opposed to reactive. Because you can know when someone does something to you that is wrong, is hurtful, is painful, is, you know, up to the level of abuse or even something just annoying, right? Like this whole spectrum. You know when that happens because you feel a certain way. And, you know, you can have a really productive conversation after that and then use that as like a learning point and say, from this point forward, don't do that again. But I think that like being super proactive with this is really challenging. And that's because a lot of people don't do like the deep work on getting to know themselves before they're in a situation where they would have to communicate this sort of this boundary for whatever issue it is, you know? Okay. So, so you're telling us that um, we all need to go to therapy. Yes. So um, how do we make that affordable for everyone in the world? Healthcare is a human right and mental health is part of that. So should be. Okay. Who do we need to tell? (laughs) I don't know. If I knew (laughs) I would be doing it. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, no, these are, I mean, these are all good points because knowing yourself or how some people in the in the field refer to it as returning to yourself Mm -hmm. or your your authentic self. That's not a that that is not a thing that people think about on, on the daily. Like it takes it genuinely takes very, very intentional work because you usually are going through your day on autopilot. Like, I mean, you obviously have your feelings, you're feeling whatever you're feeling, but there's so many layers to that that you're not actively thinking about or unpacking. Right. And it's, and it's, you're never going to have a destination either. That's the thing. It's like, it it never ends. So it's a continuous journey because you are a continually growing and changing person. So I think that's also part of why this is hard, especially with, in terms of boundary setting, because, you know, if you're doing this reflection work that never stops and because it never stops, you're always learning and growing And because you're always learning and growing, so are your boundaries and your boundaries may change. And I think that that's just like, I mean, it's a beautiful thing when you can do it well, because just, you know, personal evolution is amazing to watch, but it's hard. And and you're right. It takes a lot of intentional effort. And like, you know, I, I'm definitely not perfect at it by any means, but I have been intentionally trying to work on this sort of thing for like seven years now, like since college essentially. And like, it is hard and it is painful sometimes. And, you know, you get into places where you realize things about yourself or your past or your situations that are really hard to accept. But that's part of the process. And I I mean, I would totally advocate for everybody going to therapy. But for a while, I couldn't afford therapy either. And there are resources out there to start that journey on your own. So like Hundo P would recommend that to every single person. Sure. And to continue talking about boundaries, but more so for others, how, I guess I want to shift to respecting boundaries in other Mm -hmm. people, because that's a a very, essentially equally important topic. Everyone's probably not going to set a boundary in the exact same manner, whether it's how they, how they state it or communicate it, what it is. So 
figuring that out when you are interacting with people, whether it's a friend, a romantic partner, a, a colleague, like that's that's another kind of overlooked relationship, the relationship with with like colleagues and and professors, I guess more so mm-hmm. colleagues, because there a lot of times you're working with people who aren't your best friends that you spend all of your time with, but you do spend quite a lot of time with them. So those boundaries about regarding what's in what's appropriate to say at work, to do at work, what's appropriate or when is an appropriate time to contact someone at work, things like that. Like that's, that's just one that, that comes to mind because you don't have the personal relationship always with someone, but just in general, respecting other people's boundaries or at least knowing how to inquire or ensure that you're not doing the most that's also really hard to do so what are your thoughts on that yeah I mean I agree that like they go hand in hand absolutely and you can't be really good at setting boundaries and ignore other people's right like you you, as a collective we have to do both so I think I mean my thoughts on that is and something that I have to work on too as a very like opinionated person like as someone who feels very strongly about my thoughts my values what's important to me how I do things like I feel a lot of conviction with those so it is sometimes hard if somebody sets a boundary that I don't understand or that I don't I I can't wrap my head around the why or it doesn't really make sense to me like that's when I'm like I feel the dissonance and I'm like oh that's annoying that I have to do that or it's, it's weird that they asked me like that being my gut reaction and so I think you know when you do have those kind of initial thoughts it's important to challenge that and this goes back I think we said this about like biases in general and like you know anything that goes against the grain for us personally it's really about your your second thought and your action your first thought is innate it's it's gonna just happen so it's about recognizing that challenging that and then saying okay let me reframe this person is asking me to do this very simple thing to respect them as a human I can do that even if I don't fully understand even if I don't you know it doesn't make sense to me or it's not something that seems important to me if it was important enough for them to set that boundary it needs to be respected point blank period like that is just how you have to go about thinking about it And I mean, obviously, this is all so much easier said than done. And you're going to mess up. And especially in the heat of the moment, people will fail at this. But it it really is important to try and to, you know, mend that relationship if that does happen. Agreed. Agreed. When you were talking and you were talking about that second Mm -hmm. reaction, like I was literally about to say the same exact thing because I've noticed the same thing in myself, like over over the years you do have a first reaction and a lot of times that's more so on the negative side yeah whether it's this like internal anger or your or irritation and before I I didn't really know what to do with that I wasn't like okay wait let's let's bring it back let's think about why we're why we're reacting this way or feeling this way because like you said earlier, it takes practice to recognize those things. So that's really, really important. Maybe I should start fighting with people more often <laughs> so that I have time to so think true. about my responses. So, so true. You don't fight, really. And then... 
Is that a is that a bad thing? It's just wild that you're in Aries. Should I should I, should I start confronting people I, I'm all the time? Fully a fan of confrontation. Actually, once again, once again, I talk this big talk in practice. I'm like, no, you just, I'm sorry. Did you just lie? <laughs> you just lied to no, me. No, and earlier today you, you told stop. me. Stop. Oh. No, 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 no. It's not oh, that I angry. lied. I do fully support it and I see the value in it. It's hard in practice, okay? I'm not perfect. Nobody's okay. perfect. All right, I hear I you. Gotta work mm-hmm. it again and again till I get it. Okay. Do you think I should be angrier in general as a person? I just think that it's absolutely wild that you're an Aries and you don't confront people. That to me blows my mind. Absolutely bananas. If anyone out there is into astrology, you will also understand that it doesn't make any fucking sense. I mean, I really do wish that I had answers and that I knew anything about astrology, but I don't. I've read your chart before. Um, I forget what your other planets are, but I do need to go. I need to go back to that because people were extremely hyped to tell me about it once I told them what time I was mm-hmm. born. But I feel like the airy stereotype that people just like throw out there, just from like what I'm seeing online and social media, doesn't tend to be. People are like, hmm. No. And then, and just like, okay, like I'm here. I'm just here existing. I don't really know what I'm to just say. Just here existing. No, Aries are no. You are not a stereotypical Aries, that's for sure. So, another important aspect of boundaries is how to set them, right? Like, okay, we've been talking about how they're really hard, but they're really important. And like, our fucked up childhoods are why we can't do it. Womp, womp, womp. So let's let's turn it around. Let's let's talk about like how to actually go about setting a boundary and like maybe we can throw in some examples and talk about what that looks like for us. Perfect, perfect. So this is the part that I am going to flip back to you. <laughs> Nathaniel, are you saying you don't set boundaries? You fake ass motherfucker. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> we're on here talking they're so know, important and Nathaniel's like I've never set a boundary <laughs> okay I think that you just leaped to a conclusion I just said I'm gonna flip it back to you for now okay. that's all I said all right we'll see that's we'll all. see <laughs> all right well I already touched on I what I think for me personally is the first step and that's getting to know yourself learn about yourself define what's important to you define those lines in your life that you don't want people to cross. And that can be in every aspect, right? Like that can be with yourself. That can be with, you know, colleagues, like you were saying at work. It can be with friends, with family members, with partners, like all of those. Are- That's a big one, family. Oh, God. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Yikes. But but you have to learn about yourself first and what you want in all of those different settings. And that takes a lot of time. That takes a lot of trial and error. But I think that's where you start. And then, you know, after that is when you can actually work in like the steps of actually going about having that conversation, right? So like pick the right time and place and delivery method. Like you don't want to go up to somebody like in a public place out of nowhere with no warning and be like, hey, mom, I know we're at our family reunion and you are currently talking to my uncle, but I need to tell you right now that it's not okay that you tell me that I don't look good in that dress. Like, you can't do that. (laughs) You can't do that. It's not going to go over well. 
That was excellent delivery. Really? Oh. I that was a great delivery. It was an I statement. Now wrong wrong place. Yeah, that's true. But also think about it. Think about it. You're at the family reunion and you're like, Mom, that's not okay. Everybody's looking like, and you just made the biggest scene. That's kinda hype. Like that's like a movie it, scene. It would that would be a choice you could make. I don't know that it would be that effective because like I can just see the cousins yeah. in the corner eating the mac and cheese, like, oh shit. Like, and then there's yeah. family gossip and like eh. the family one is a yeah. whole different. That, that's a, a we need a separate <laughs> episode for the family boundaries. I let's think. do a let's do an episode on family and family trauma. That'll be really fun. Perfect. Say less. <laughs> Should we invite guests? Oh God, yes. Anyone who's ever had family trauma, you're welcome. <laughs> Everyone lines up at the door. But no, so so pick the right time and place and delivery. That's important. Make sure you prepare before you go into the conversation so you know what you want to say and, you know, how you're going to say it and, and practice, practice, practice on that because you don't want to get into the moment and just be feeling flustered or overwhelmed. And then once you're once you're in the situation, communicating very firmly, very clearly in simple terms about what it is that you wanted to address and set the consequences for if that boundary is not respected and then you have to follow through which is the hard part but that was a lot of steps but I feel like that's kind of like the progression of things the the biggest thing is going to be all the pre-work to actually having the conversation I think yeah, yeah the 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 pre-work is is going to be extensive yeah. to be honest yeah. now I also, something that just came to mind as you were talking is, and for me, this is coming to mind in a more like maybe professional or school setting. I feel like there are people who may not necessarily explicitly set boundaries with people, but they they get tried less because of how they carry themselves. Like there are some people where I don't, I don't know... I'm not sure how to define what this is, but you know that there's people where you're like, mm, I'm going to try to push that envelope. Yeah. I'm going to try to to really Ooh. see how far I can get with this person. You People do it all yeah. the time, like with the the nice, quote unquote, teacher at mm -hmm. school or like the people that get walked all over. So like, what is it about the the person who that doesn't happen mm. to? What are they like exuding? What, energy yeah. are they giving off that someone's like oh ooh, I can't mess with this person this person isn't going to allow it because there's no way in a hundred percent of those situations it's because that person was like hey this is what we're doing like there's no way that person stated a boundary every single time there probably did there's probably some people who announced that very well very clearly like hey we're not messing around with this this or this and this is how I connect business you're in my class or this is my floor or whatever it is. I'm sure that happens some right. of the time, but not all yeah. the time. So then do people just make assumptions about somebody's being and say, oh, this person is too nice based on the signs that I'm seeing. I am going to treat them a little shitty. Mm -hmm. Like, how, do you think that's how it is? So I think the easiest way that I can think about it is from the perspective of the people who are not like messed with, who are those like, oh, you don't want to get on their bad side type or th that kind of thing. And I think that there's a way to set boundaries and have those be respected 
without verbalizing them all the time. Now, I don't think that that's, it's not a guarantee and I don't think that that's a substitute for actually having these explicit conversations. But I do think like what you're saying, there are people who in like a professional environment, you don't mess with and you don't give them materials late and you don't not respond to their emails, you know, like, and it is just kind of like this inherent thing where people like respect that person's energy. And I think that that kind of in and of itself is setting a boundary because something about the way that they have carried themselves and something about the way that they probably do their own work makes it very clear to everyone around them that they're not going to tolerate anything less than that. You know what I mean? Like I'm thinking about it from like the people that in my office who I'm like, oh, got to make sure I get this thing to them on time. Like it can't be a minute late. It's probably because they have either done that for me or they have, you know, shown that that is how they operate in a less explicit way. And then it's kind of just like understood. But that's that's tricky. Like I don't want to tell people to rely on that because I don't know that that's like it's not like a universal thing and it's not a guarantee. So if you really want your boundaries to be respected, you have to say them. But there are those people that can kind of just exist and maybe it's a confidence thing. Maybe it's an intimidation factor. I'm not really sure. But yeah, that's an interesting aspect of this. I would like I would like to be that. <laughs> I would like to sign up okay. for the class. Enrolled. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you. Are you teaching it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's perfect, me. Perfect. So now I will walk into rooms and people will be like, yikes. Just command the attention. Not not going to try any funny business (laughs) at all. Would never do it. It would be nice. Anyway, setting boundaries is fucking hard. Do you have examples? Have you ever set a boundary, Nathaniel? (laughs) Because the only one that I can think of is one that I kind of set for myself recently. And so, I mean, it definitely counts and it's important. But I didn't, I don't feel like I've had like a really specific conversation recently where I've said, hey, I need you to do X, Y, and Z for me because whatever was happening before is not it. But the one that I set for myself is is my like work-life fit. And I have work hours. Those are my, that's my tour of duty is 7.30 to 4. And that's when I work. And I don't work beyond that. I mean, give or take maybe 15 minutes. But like I I set this boundary for myself when I started this new job that I was going to make it very clear to my supervisor and my colleagues that these are the hours I work. And while I'm working, I am available. I am ready. I am able. I can help out. I will do my work on time. But as soon as the end of the workday hits, my laptop is closed. My computer is shut down. I am moving on from work to personal life. And I think to me, it was really intentional and really important that I did that from the get-go, especially working from home, because I didn't want it to become this unspoken understanding that I would work late or come in early or do beyond what I'm being paid to do. And so that's the one that I can think of most recently that I did. And and that's not something, like I said, that I went to my supervisor and I was like, so when I log on, I'm on. And when I log off, I am off. But I made it very clear through through my actions from the beginning that that's how I was going to operate. And it has been respected. I don't get texts or emails or any like expectation for me to stay on beyond my hours. So it worked. 
Do you find that other people don't have that? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. In like your same role and same. Okay. Oh yeah, people in people in my well, not maybe not my like immediate team necessarily, but like people in my office, absolutely sending emails at midnight, logging on on Saturdays. Sorry, I don't get paid. I don't get paid enough for that at all. I had actually yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. I was out to happy hour with some people and someone was like, don't ask me to do more than 40 hours of work per week unless I make at least half a million dollars a year. And I was like, respect. (laughs) I hate capitalism, man. I hate it here. Okay, okay. (laughs) fine. Well, I'm just going to I am going to expose you real quick, real quick, real quick. You work 730 to 4. And you're still out here winning work awards like it's nothing. So do you even need to put in extra hours? Clearly not. Maybe not. I wish that this was a (laughs) vlog. I'm so (laughs) angry right now. So irritated. Nobody can see my reactions. Anyway, just had to bring bring that up. It's fine. Lots Uh, of people win awards. Anyway, tell I, me about your yeah, boundaries. Yeah, can we just can we end can we end this? <laughs> can we can we end the no, episode? Tell me about early? your boundaries or lack thereof. Like, what are you struggling with right now to set a boundary? Like, in what area? In regards to to working life, I think that my issue with time and the amount of time that I work would be fixed with more efficiency so not necessarily setting more boundaries because in the nature of my field things are a little just more unpredictable and they just are always forever going to be that way Mm -hmm. so I can't be like at this time I will never ever 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 I just that's fine but I have better examples because I feel like boundaries are they still need Mm -hmm. to be set but I want to get to the place where my day looks a little bit different Mm -hmm. so that I'm not spending a bunch of additional time working later in the day and or on weekends. But the the biggest one for me is always, 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 and it has been for years, is allocating my time to others just in general for day-to-day conversations, whether it's social media, phone calls, texts, like I... I've always, always been an extremely social person. That's no surprise to, I guess that's actually, that I have not always been that. You didn't, you didn't know like middle school, Nathaniel, but figuring out how to limit that enough to where I have, I'm having enough time to get the things done that I need to get done during a normal day and also getting enough social interaction because that's something that's important to me as a person what is okay to say to me what's not okay uh that that is definitely a a tough it's a unique journey if you want to call it that because i really really do enjoy listening to people talk about whatever and that is i think that's the difference a lot of times people feel forced into social settings or really, really are dreading interacting with a particular person or at a restaurant or whatever the plans are. But they're like, I'm going to do it anyway, because either I just feel like I need to or it's going to be rude to say no. I'm usually not in that position. I'm usually like, yeah, this is fantastic. Like, tell me everything but then when you're like oh wait will 79.5 people legitimately tell me everything right now and the answer to that is yes then I'm like wait yeah (laughs) what do I do what do I do with this information and 
now where do I go from here? So that's that's my my perpetual setting boundaries dilemma. Yeah, that's um, realizing about myself like what is too much for me, and I usually I don't identify that. I'm usually like, no, this is fine. But then I'm like, wait, it's twelve forty five a.m. Yeah, wait, the gym and the pectorals are at six. So then now I'm like, wait, I just I have committed to five hours of sleep before a pr- pretty long work day. And all I was doing in these last two and a half hours was being social. Is that beneficial to me? Did I need to do that? I didn't hate doing it while I was doing that, but is that healthy for me? So this is just an ongoing thing. I don't know. Maybe I'll talk about it in therapy. Oh, I can't wait for you to talk about it in therapy. I'm so excited. <laughs> I know, but but in all seriousness, like we joke a lot about how you have all of these friends and and your ability to connect with people is amazing and it's special and it's one of the greatest things about you. But you also have to be able to, you know, protect your energy and protect your health and understand at what point does that become too much? And like, I know you and it's, I know that this is going to be a hard thing for you to set because you care so deeply about all of these people and you want to be a good friend and you want to be there for them. But yeah, I mean, being able to recognize like this amount of interaction and, and the depth of interaction that I'm having is draining. And that doesn't mean that you don't care about those people. It doesn't mean that you don't want to be there for them sometimes, but like it can't be at their beck and call, like you're giving them free therapy. That can't be it, you know? And I have other friends who are in like, uh, are in those kind of caregiving professions, like therapy, social work, nursing, even like those sorts of things where their day to day is taking care of people and listening to other people's issues and helping them work through it, that it's really hard for them to do that for their friends outside of that. And I've I've had people tell me like, I am really sorry that you're struggling. I know I can tell you one event, but I really don't have the emotional emotional or mental capacity to to be there for you right now. I love you. I care about you. I want you to be able to talk this out, but I can't do that for you right now. And like, that's hard to hear if you're the person who is like trying to vent, but like, I would so much rather somebody say that to me than one, feel the burden of, of whatever I'm saying on them. And two, like, you know, I don't want them to be like half engaged in the conversation, right? Like, I don't want them to just be kind of checked out while I'm trying to get real feedback. So I would much rather them at the at the at the onset just be like, yeah, I, I can't do this right now, you know. And so I think that that's something that I can see you benefiting from incorporating those sorts of conversations when you do feel like your conversations are getting to that that point, you know. You're right, and most people honestly are fine. With right. That. Yeah. Like I would, I would say a majority of people that would be a, a normal response, you know, depending on how someone's feeling, they could feel, I mean, I guess one of the second reactions or I guess first reactions could be like, does this person not care? Right. I'm going through a time right now, but then that would be that whole, wait, let me think about this. So yeah, exactly. You're right. I need to stop saying you're right. I think that's going to add to the ego, you know? <laughs> to me specifically? Yeah, to you specifically. <laughs> yeah. But what if I am like, right? Oh, wow, you're right. Yeah. I should change it up. Like, hmm. And then just keep talking. <laughs> just a hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> 
Okay. All right. Well, we we have gone down so many different places, and I love this conversation. But you know, for the sake of time, I think we have to wrap up. But I again want to thank Michaela for suggesting this topic. Like, incredible. I we're gonna have to do a boundaries part two. It's not over yet. This conversation's not over. Can I be honest, real quick? This is gonna be a a, a tangent for sure. Okay, bring it. I ran out of my meal prep for the week which I normally do around Thursday or Friday-ish, usually before Friday. So knowing that it's 8.48 p.m. Eastern, I've been sitting here trying to order this Uber Eats because I don't have anything in the house, and I wanted it to get here so that when I was done recording, I wouldn't have to wait till like 10.30. But I kept completing the order, and I get $12 off if I go over $25, And then it would say this kitchen is closed or the menu isn't available. So then I had to go back and restart at a new restaurant and then it didn't work. So then I went to a third restaurant and I just placed the order. Oh, I have to admit that. I'm so sorry. Anyway, this was beautiful, beautiful conversation. Thank you so much for your insight. (laughs) I wish people could see your face right now. (laughs) I had no idea where that was going, and it was not what I was expecting. (laughs) All that to say, (laughs) I'm going to get food in about 40 minutes, and I'm hyped about it. Oh, I love that for you. Well, folks listening, um, I hope you got a little something from this conversation. I hope that you understand that boundaries are hard and you know, can be a sticky situation, but they're important nonetheless. So you should do it for yourself, for your health, for your safety, for the benefit of you and everyone around you. And um, let us know what boundary you set recently. I need some, I need some inspo. So uh, let us know Instagram, Twitter, text, email, carrier pigeon, you know the deal. We will welcome your feedback with open arms. And with the uh, the carrier pigeon, if you if you want to reach out for our address to you know yeah. send a little letter, I think that would be unique. I mean, the birds work for the bourgeoisie, but yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you for listening. Um, I really do uh, appreciate it, and I hope that we can continue this conversation on social media. And that is all we have for today, and we will see you next time. Bye.